Section 9 of Selected Letters of Beethoven. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Selected Letters, Numbers 128 and 130. Goodbye, Van Haozi. Letters 140, 141, and 142. Recording by Victor Guerrero. Letters 145, 148, 149, 150, and 186. Read by Scott Farquhar. Letter number 128. To hear J. Kalka, Doctor of Laos in Prague, in the Kingdom of Bohemia, the summer of 1814. A thousand thanks, my esteemed Kalka. At last I meet with a legal representative and a man who can both write and think without using a meaning formulas. You can scarcely imagine how I long for the end of this affair, as it not only interferes with my domestic expenditure, but is injurious to me in various ways. You know yourself that the sensitive spirit are now to be fettered by miserable anxieties, and much that my render my life happy is thus abstracted from it. Even my inclination and the duty assigned myself to serve suffering humanity by means of my art. I have been obliged to leave it. I must continue to do so. Footnote 1. You write nothing about our monarchs and monarchies, for the newspapers give you every information on these subjects. Footnote 2. The intellectual realm is the most precious in my eyes, and far above all temporal and spiritual monarchies. Write to me, however, what you wish for yourself from my poor musical capabilities that I may, in so far as it lies in my power, supply something for your own musical sense and feeling. Do you now require all the papers connected with the Kinski case? If so, I will send them to you, as they contain most important testimony, which indeed I believe you read when with me. Think of me and do not forget that you represent a disinterested artist. In your position to a niggly family, how gladly do men withhold from the poor artist in one respect what they pay him another, and there is no longer those with whom an artist can invite himself to feast on ambrosia. Strive, my dear friend, to serve the tardy steps of justice. Whenever I feel myself elevated high, and in happy moments revel in my artistic sphere, circumstance struck me down again, not more than these two lawsuits. You too have your disagreeable moments. Though with the views and the capabilities I know you to possess, especially in your profession, I could scarcely have believed this. Still, I must recall your attention to myself. I have drunk to the dregs a cup of bitter sorrow, and already earned Marty Dominard through my beloved artistic disciples and colleagues. I beg you will think of me every day and imagine it to be an entire world, for it is really asking rather too much of you to think of so humble an individual as myself. I am, with the highest esteem and friendship, your obedient Ludwig van Beethoven. Footnote 1. He supported the consumptive brother and his wife and child. Footnote 2. At the Vienna Congress, Beethoven was received with much distinction by the potentates present. End of letter number 128. Letter number 130. To Dr. Kalka. Vienna, August 22, 1814. You have shown a feeling for harmony, 
and you can resolve a great disorder in my life, which causes me much discomfort into more pleasing melody, if you will. I shortly expect to hear something of what you understand is likely to happen, as I eagerly anticipate the result of this most unjust affair with the Kinskis. When the princess was here, she seemed to be well disposed towards me. Still, I do not know how it will end. In the meantime, I must restrict myself in everything and wait with the entire confidence what is rightfully my own and legally devolves on me. And though unforeseen occurrences caused a change in this matter, still two witnesses recently bore testimony to the wish of the deceased prince that my appointed salary in Bacazetto should be paid in low sunshine, making up the original sum, and the prince himself gave me sixty gold ducats on account of my claim. Should the affair turn out badly for me by the conduct of the Kinski family, I will publish it in every newspaper to their disgrace. If there had been an heir, and the facts had been told to him in all their truth, just as I narrated them, I am convinced that he would at once have dubbed the word and deeds of his predecessor. Has Dr. Wolf, the previous advocate, shown you the papers, or shall I make you acquainted with them? As I am by no means sure that this letter will reach you safely, I defer sending you the pianoforte arrangement of my opera Fidelio, which is ready to be dispatched. I hope, in accordance with your usual friendliness, soon to hear from you. I am also writing to Dr. Wolf, who certainly does not treat anyone wolfishly, in order now to arouse his passion, so that he may have compassion on me, and neither take my purse nor my life. I am, with esteem, your true friend, Ludwig van Beethoven. End of letter number 130. Letter number 140. To R. Kauke. Vienna. January 11, 1815 My good, worthy K. I received Baron Pasqualati's letter today, by which I perceive that you wish me to defer any fresh measures. In the meantime, all the necessary papers are lodged with Pasqualati, so be so good as to inform him that you must delay taking any further steps. Tomorrow, a council is to be held here, and you and P shall learn the result, probably tomorrow evening. Meanwhile, I wish you to look through the paper I sent to the court through Pasqualati, and read the appendix carefully. You will then see that Wolf and others have not given you correct information. One thing is certain, that there are sufficient proofs for anyone who wishes to be convinced. How could it ever occur to me to think of written legal testimony with such a man as Kinsky, whose integrity and generosity were everywhere acknowledged? I remain, with the warmest affection and esteem, in haste, your friend, B. End of letter number 140. Letter number 141. To R. Kauke. 1815. My dear and esteemed K, what can I think, or say, or feel? As for W, it seems to me that he not only showed his weak points, but gave himself no trouble to conceal them. It is impossible that he can have drawn up his statement in accordance with all the actual evidence he had. 
The order on the treasury about the rate of exchange was given by Kinski previous to his consent to pay me my salary in Einlösungsschein. As the documents prove, indeed, it is only necessary to examine the date to show this, so the first instruction is of importance. The Specius Facti proved that I was more than six months absent from Vienna. As I was not anxious to get the money, I allowed the affair to stand over, so the prince thus forgot to recall his former order to the treasury. But that he neither forgot his promise to me, nor to Varnhagen, in my behalf, is evident by the testimony of Herr von Oliva, to whom shortly before his departure from hence, and indeed into another world, he repeated his promise, making an appointment to see him when he should return to Vienna, in order to arrange the matter with the treasury, which, of course, was prevented by his untimely death. The testimony of the officer Varnhagen is accompanied by a document, he being at present with the Russian army, in which he states that he is prepared to take his oath on the affair. The evidence of Herr Olive is also to the effect that he is willing to confirm his evidence by oath before the court. As I have sent away the testimony of Colonel Count Bentheim, I am not sure of its tenor, but I believe the Count also says that he is prepared at any time to make an affidavit on the matter in court. And I am myself ready to swear before the court that Prince Kinski said to me in Prague, he thought it only fair to me that my salary should be paid in Einlösungsschein. These were his own words. He gave me himself sixty gold ducats in Prague, on account good for about six hundred florins, as, owing to my state of health, I could remain no longer and set off for Toplitz. The prince's word was sacred in my eyes, never having heard anything of him to induce me either to bring two witnesses with me or to ask him for any written pledge. I see from all this that Dr. Wolf has miserably mismanaged the business and has not made you sufficiently acquainted with the papers. Now as to the step I have just taken, the Archduke Rudolf asked me some time since whether the Kinski affair was yet terminated, having probably heard something of it. I told him that it looked very bad, as I knew nothing, absolutely nothing, of the matter. He offered to write himself, but desired me to add a memorandum, and also to make him acquainted with all the papers connected with the Kinski case. After having informed himself on the affair, he wrote to the Oberstburggraf and enclosed my letter to him. The Oberstburggraf answered both the Duke and myself immediately. In the letter to me he said that I was to present a petition to the Provincial Court of Justice in Prague along with all the proofs whence it would be forwarded to him, and that he would do his utmost to further my cause. He also wrote in the most polite terms to the Archduke. Indeed, he expressly said that he was truly cognizant of the late Prince Kinski's intentions with regard to me and this affair, and that I might present a petition. The Archduke instantly sent for me, and desired me to prepare the document and to show it to him. He also thought that I ought to solicit payment in Einlösungsschein, as there was ample proof, if not in strictly legal form, of the intentions of the prince, and no one could doubt that if he had survived, he would have adhered to his promise. If he were this day the heir, he would demand no other proofs than those already furnished. I sent this paper to Baron Pasqualati, who is kindly to present it himself to the court. Not till after the affair had gone so far did Dr. Adlersberg receive a letter from Dr. Wolf in which he mentioned that he had made a claim for 1,500 florins. 
As we have come so far as 1500 florins with the Obersburggraf, we may possibly get on to 1800 florins. I do not esteem this any favor, for the late prince was one of those who urged me most to refuse a salary of 600 gold ducats per annum offered to me from Westphalia. And he said at the time that he was resolved I should have no chance of eating hams in Westphalia. Another summons to Naples, somewhat later I equally declined, and I am entitled to demand a fair compensation for the loss I incurred. If the salary were to be paid in banknotes, what should I get? Not for a hundred florins in conventions guild, in lieu of such a salary as six hundred ducats. There are ample proofs for those who wish to act justly, and what does the Einlösungsschein now amount to? It is even at this moment no equivalent for what I refused. This affair was pompously announced in all the newspapers while I was nearly reduced to beggary. The intentions of the prince are evident, and in my opinion the family are bound to act in accordance with them unless they wish to be disgraced. Besides, the revenues have rather increased than diminished by the death of the prince, so there is no sufficient ground for curtailing my salary. I received your friendly letter yesterday, but I am too weary at this moment to write all that I feel towards you. I can only commend my case to your sagacity. It appears that the Oberstburggraf is the chief person, so what you wrote to the Archduke must be kept a profound secret, for it might not be advisable that anyone should know of it but you and Pasqualati. You have sufficient cause on looking through the papers to show how improperly Dr. Wolf has conducted the affair, and that another course of action is necessary. I rely on your friendship to act as you think best for my interests. Rest assured of my warmest thanks, and pray excuse my writing more today, for a thing of this kind is very fatiguing, more so than the greatest musical undertaking. My heart has found something for you to which yours will respond, and this you shall soon receive. Do not forget me, poor tormented creature that I am, and act for me, and effect for me all that is possible. With high esteem, your true friend, Beethoven. End of letter number 141 Letter number 142 To Air Kauke, Vienna, January 14, 1815 My good and worthy K. The long letter I enclosed was written when we were disposed to claim the 1800 florins. Baron Pasqualati's last letter, however, again made me waver, and Dr. Adelsberg advised me to adhere to the steps already taken. But as Dr. Wolf writes that he has offered in your name to accept 1500 florins a year, I beg you will at least make every effort to get that sum. For this purpose, I send you the long letter written before we received Baron P's dissuasive one, as you may discover in it many reasons for demanding at least the 1500 florins. The Archduke too has written a second time to the Oberstburggraf, and we may conclude from this previous reply that he will certainly exert himself, and that we shall at all events succeed in getting the 1500 florins. Farewell. I cannot write another syllable. Such things exhaust me. May your friendship accelerate this affair. If it ends badly, then I must leave Vienna, because I could not possibly live on my income. For here things have come to such a pass that everything has risen to the highest price, and that price must be paid. The last two concerts I gave cost me 1,508 florins, and had it not been for the Empress's munificent present, I should scarcely have derived any profit whatever. Your faithful friend, Beethoven.
End of letter number 142. Letter number 145. To Herr Kalka. Vienna, February 24th, 1815. My much esteemed K. I have repeatedly thanked you through Baron Pasqualati for your friendly exertions on my behalf, and I now beg to express one thousand thanks myself. The intervention of the Archduke could not be very palatable to you, and perhaps has prejudiced you against me. You have already done all that was possible when the Archduke interfered. If this had been the case sooner, and we had not employed that one-sided or many-sided or weak-sided Dr. Wolf, then, according to the assurances of the Oberstbuchraff himself, the affair might have had a still more favorable result. I shall therefore ever and always be grateful to you for your services. The court now deduct the sixty ducats I mentioned of my own accord, and to which the late prince never alluded either to his treasurer or anyone else. Where truth could injure me it has been accepted, and so why reject it when it could have benefited me? How unfair! Baron Pasqualati requires information from you on various points. I am again very tired today, having been obliged to discuss many things with poor P. Such matters exhaust me more than the greatest efforts in composition. It is a new field, the soil of which I ought not to be required to till. This painful business has cost me many tears and much sorrow. The time draws near when Princess Kinsky must be written to. Now I must conclude. How rejoiced shall I be when I can write you the pure effusions of my heart once more, and this I mean to do as soon as I am extricated from all these troubles. Pray accept again my heartfelt thanks for all that you have done for me, and continue your regard for your attached friend, Beethoven. End of letter number 145. Letter number 148. To Herr Kalka, Vienna, April 8th. 1815. It seems scarcely admissible to be on the friendly terms on which I consider myself with you, and yet to be on such unfriendly ones that we should live close to each other and never meet. Footnote 1. You write tout à vous. Oh, you humbug, said I. No, no, it is really too bad. I should like to thank you nine thousand times for all your efforts on my behalf, and to reproach you twenty thousand that you came and went as you did. So all is a delusion. Friendship, kingdom, empire. All is only a vapor which every breeze wafts into a different form. Perhaps I may go to Toplitz, but it is not certain. I might take advantage of that opportunity to let the people of Prague hear something. What think you? If, indeed, you still think of me at all... As the affair with Lapkowitz is now almost come to a close, we may write Finney, though it far from fine is for me. Baron Pasqualati will no doubt soon call on you again. He also has taken much trouble on my account. Yes, indeed. It is easy to talk of justice, but to obtain it from others is no easy matter. In what way can I be of service to you in my own art? 
say whether you prefer my celebrating the monologue of a fugitive king, or the perjury of a usurper, or the true friends who, though near neighbors, never saw each other? In the hope of soon hearing from you, for being now so far asunder it is easier to hold intercourse than when nearer, I remain with highest esteem your ever-devoted friend, Ludwig von Beethoven. Footnote 1. Kauka evidently had been recently in Vienna without visiting Beethoven. End of letter number 148. Letter number 149. To Herr Kauka. 1815. My dear and worthy K., I have just received from the syndic buyer in R. the good news that you told him yourself about Prince F. K. As for the rest, you shall be perfectly satisfied. I take the liberty to ask you again to look after my interests with the Kinsky family, and I sojourn the necessary receipt for this purpose. See number 144. Perhaps some other way may be found, though it does not as yet occur to me, by means of which I need not importune you in future. On the 15th of October, 1815, I was attacked by an inflammatory cold, from the consequences of which I still suffer, and my art likewise. But it is to be hoped that I shall now gradually recover, and at all events be able once more to display the riches of my little realm of sweet sounds. Yet I am very poor in all else, owing to the times, to poverty of spirit, or what? Farewell. Everything around disposes us to profound silence, but this shall not be the case as to the bond of friendship and soul that unites us. I loudly proclaim myself, now as ever, your loving friend and admirer, Beethoven. End of letter number 149. Letter number 150. To Herr Kauka. 1815. My most worthy friend, my second letter follows that of yesterday, May 2nd. Pasqualati tells me today, after the lapse of a month and six days, that the house of Balabane is too high and mighty to assist me in this matter. I must therefore appeal to your insignificance, as I myself do not hesitate to be so mean as to serve other people. My house rent amounts to 550 florins, and must be paid out of the sum in question. As soon as the newly engraved pianoforte pieces appear, you shall receive copies, and also of the battle. Forgive me, forgive me, my generous friend. Some other means must be found to forward this affair with due promptitude. In haste, your friend and admirer, Beethoven. End of letter number 150. Letter number 186. To Herr Kalka. Baden, September 16th, 1816. My worthy K, I send you herewith the receipt according to your request, and beg that you will kindly arrange that I should have the money by the 1st of October, and without any deduction, which has hitherto been the case. I also particularly beg you will not assign the money to Baron P. I will tell you why when we meet. For the present, let this remain between ourselves. Send it either direct to myself, or, if it must come through another person, do not let it be Baron P. It would be best for the future, as the house rent is paid here for the great house belonging to Kinski, that my money should be paid at the same time. 
This is only my own idea. The Terzet you heard of will soon be engraved, which is infinitely preferable to all written music. You shall therefore receive an engraved copy, and likewise some more of my unruly offspring. In the meantime, I beg that you will see only what is truly good in them, and look with an indulgent eye on the human frailties of these poor innocents. Besides, I am full of cares, being in reality father to my late brother's child. Indeed, I might have ushered into the world a second part of the Flauto Magico, having also been brought into contact with a queen of the night. I embrace you from my heart, and hope soon in so far to succeed that you may owe some thanks to my muse. My dear, worthy Kalka, I ever am your truly attached friend, Beethoven. End of letter number 186. End of section 9 of Selected Letters of Beethoven, as compiled and with footnotes by Dr. Ludwig Noll and translated by Lady Grace Wallace.